Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello. Before we begin, I need to thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you'd make contact, rated, reviewed and subscribed, please know that you are everything to me and are very much appreciated. If you have spare real life cash, even a tiny bit, then I'm on a site where you can swap that for hoovering related prezzies. See patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. I am beyond honoured to have stolen an hour of this week's guest's time. I'm talking to someone who is actually actively changing things for the better, the brilliant MP Jess Phillips. I bring some burnt cookies to her office and at the start of the chat, I'm a little bit giddy and I wish I'd shut up a bit more, but Jess is so funny. I was all excited. I calm down quite quickly, I promise, and we get into some really incredible stories and conversations. We cover everything from her partner's Crystal Maze approach to cookery. We learn her new motto and I quote, Bovril is my touchstone. We get serious about food poverty and less so about supermarket worship. She lives near an Asda that looks like the Louvre. They do that when you go on question time, they set it back on Even on question time? Even on question time. And they're a lot more professional. And then they say things like, um, we just got to make sure that recorded. And you think, oh, I'm not doing it again. Are <gasps> you doing it once? Imagine going through that. How many question times have you done? Three, I think. Oh, yeah. 
I wouldn't do it. You're so... I mean, I hate it when com- people say it to you about comedians, you're so brave. They say to all women. Yeah, I told a joke. Like, question time, you're actually brave. I think I'd rather people fight in a war. <laughs> I think I would. I would. I'd rather be shot at. Just because I just... Well, I have a strategy that if I don't know the answer, I'm just going to be honest and say yeah. I don't know the answer. Oh, but surely that's the best <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Let you off the hook. You don't know the answer. It's not just letting off the hook. It's what people want to hear. Yeah, they would so much rather that. Oh, I don't know the answer well, to that. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know everything. Yeah. I'm so no, sorry. I don't know anything about sports. Also, what I know about <laughs> the FIFA agreements, yeah. you could write on the back of a stamp, a very small stamp. So, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe you got asked about that. Yeah. I mean, this one's not really for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, not really... I think someone else should answer this one. Um, yeah, I'll be all right. You, right, so I will explain the introduction where we are. Well, I should say now, we're in your office. Thanks for having me here. You've got a pot of Bovril. <laughs> I've got just, a pot of bovril. Just on your desk. I love bovril. I don't bovril. know if there's a bovril in there. No, it's, it's, uh, and it, bovril is it. I was going to well, it does that really annoying thing. Oh, bovril. it's heavy. You have to run well, it under hot water to open it. No, it's not got any bovril in there. Oh, it's empty. It's empty now. I like the smell of bovril. Do you know what it makes you think of? Hospitals. Really? Not in a bad way, actually, but in a kind of... Well, not the balance have been very lucky, and my experiences have been in hospitals have been very few. But I've got like a child. I think I had suspected appendicitis when I was nine, and I loved it. Like I loved being in hospital, <laughs> and I really loved people bringing me food all the time. But also, there was a free hot drinks machine because this was the late eighties, yeah. early nineties, where there was still like free things in hospitals. <laughs> and so you could have bubble. Yeah. Chicken soup. I remember at my oh. mum's office there was a vending machine that had a Pax Max chicken soup, and I've, I have spent my life searching for that same chicken soup flavour, and I've never ever found it. So once in a swimming bath, they have a Pax Max. <laughs> Pax Max chicken soup. Chicken soup. This is probably just so much MSG and salt and sugar. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So good. And but Bob Roll is oh. is my touchstone. I absolutely love Bob Roll. I was reintroduced to it recently by my mother-in-law again at a swimming pool. <laughs> well, it's very nutritious, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, it is like that. Oh, this will be good for you. A lot of iron. She started taking the kids swimming on a uh, Sunday morning, and uh, she always brings a flask of bubble. And then, is it, one, do you think it's a like hangover poison? Oh, maybe because it's it fills all the requirements, doesn't it? Like drink. <laughs> Uh, could be. Um, and then I just became totally obsessed with Bovril again. And so when Elenka first started working for me yeah. in the office, um, I would just eat Bovril. And I was also because it got no carbs. Yeah. So you don't have to put milk in it. So if you're on a ridiculous diet or oh, anything, you someone, could just have Bovril. Someone so, putting milk in Bovril <laughs> has changed the way I'm going to think about Bovril forever. It's an easily, if you've got no sense of smell and you think that's a black coffee. <laughs> Exactly. That, could be one of, that could be used as a great dare. <laughs> what a shocker that would be if you oh, thought it was coffee. Oh, it was I am, um, when uh, I was little, my dad used me as a. Uh, <laughs> he would, well, basically, he would call, like say, I won't get up unless you brought me a coffee. Yeah. So I'd have to wait to a certain time and then I'd have to make a coffee and then I'd bring that up and one day, as a trick, I um, put vinegar in it. I didn't really understand the sort of chemical. Consequences of that, and he pukes up. Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> he deserved but, it. Yeah, he did deserve it. <laughs> Fan of Bovril. Good to know. There you um, go. So that's a good job. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about this smoked chicken last night. 
So, yeah, my husband smoked, smoked three chickens yesterday. We have a smoker uh, in our house. What's a smoker? I mean, it's it's basically an oil drum that my husband's converted, but it has, like, he can live tweet the temperature of it. <gasps> it has a machine. My husband made it from scratch. And it has, Whoa. like, probes that go into whatever meat you happen to be smoking. Yeah. Or can you do, um, like, garlic? Can you do anything? Oh, you can do anything. <gasps> Smoked anything. Um, and... It then like smokes it for ages and ages and ages and makes it really succulent. So yesterday he was doing jerk chicken, so he made um so he smoked it on like pimento berries and allspice and bay Ooh. and applewood. And then just, you know, glazes it with jerk seasoning and whacks it on the barbecue to finish it off. So we, we smoke we smoke a lot of shit. That's, <laughs> that's a, and that'll be the snapshot that gets taken onto Twitter. Um, that has made my mouth cry. Yeah. What a thing of joy. I know, and he's just, and he's just made it. it. He's always just making stuff like that. Then. Always. On the weekend, always just making stuff. Is that what he does? For, uh, for work? No, no, no. He's just a real enthusiast. His mum wow. is uh, the same. Um, really crafty. He's really crafty. Oh, he he's loves an engineer, to be crafty. so he can make shit. And then he can make, but he's he's sort of weird yeah. uh, because he becomes totally obsessive about one particular sort of food until he's perfected it, and then he will never make it again. So for months and months and months, we ate sourdough until it was perfect, and, and then never he's never it again. Once he got it, that was the end. Burgers, <laughs> he used to make his own burger cheese. Like he looked at recipes. Like his own cheese. His own, you know, like making plastic cheese. Have you got a cow? <laughs> <laughs> just get milk. Yo, I would just get milk. I've heard Jeez. people making butter by shaking milk from a really long time. Have butter for a while. Make smoked butter. <gasps> yes, I mean, there's nothing that doesn't taste nice as smoked. smoked. Nothing. Smoked salt, delicious. Oh, just yes. any old thing. We whack it in the smoker, um, mm. and so he becomes totally obsessive. So we have we have all of that stupid equipment. Like we've got sous vide and. <gasps> With is that where you put it in a sandwich bag, bag zip yeah. it up and then cook it very slowly so it goes very like sloppy yeah but all the flavour stays in all the flavour stays in so uh, yeah and it looks really cool when you get out I've only ever heard of it because of MasterChef and yeah. on that they're a bit like snooty about it aren't they they're like oh everybody's doing this now and it's <laughs> it's, a, it's just a, I know I'd well, like, still love to try it it is uh, it is pretty good so we have we have literally every single ridiculous contraption in our kitchen it's maybe desperate cold. to come you're welcome. Come over any time. And/or get successful enough to be able to commission your partner to make me a smoking drum <laughs> oh, for my garden. He would just make you one. Just ask him. It, it's all got like parts that were like three D work, three D printed, <gasps> and stuff. He's like designed the whole thing. It's like amazing. Wow. It's an amazing thing. Uh, he and he's always making. So we used to have a pizza oven that he built with his bare hands. What in our back garden? But then we moved house. So, right, we so lucky then. Neighbors. But again, we, he had perfected pizzas yeah. by the time we moved back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad because I've got, I feel like I've got a similar mentality to him in the sense that, like, I will do something. Like, I've made these cookies for a, for a previous guest, I've realised. But I didn't, I didn't cook them for long enough. So I will, I'll do the same thing as in, like, I'll make something again and again until I've nailed it. 
and then never make it again, much to my partner's yeah. fury. Yeah, it's but, but it's really annoying and I'm sorry. But I feel like I've been put in my place because I've never like made the equipment to make the thing. I've oh, just yeah. followed the recipe again. You basically, again. I don't know who he's talking to on the internet. Some people. <laughs> Is this a dark web? He has some people who talk to him about food on the internet yeah. um, and making things, engineering things. And like whatever is the thing that he really likes. So we had to buy a deep fat fry recently because fried chicken was the thing. Right. Uh, and we, he now totally perfected that. I absolutely love his fried chicken, but now it's gone. <laughs> so I then have to learn. And I can't like, tell me how to make it. Yeah. And like, it's never ever yeah, as good because he is a brilliant yeah he's just brilliant do you know what I, I can't recommend enough to him and you but it sounds like he would be right up his drawers there's a guy called George Egg he's a comedian oh we went to see him in Edinburgh perfect yeah and he did it with like a, he did a, he did a, he, he did an egg with a wallpaper stripper perfect. yeah it was brilliant I did this podcast with him and he made me a cheese and cauliflower toasty um, with a blowtorch and an old Terminator 2 DVD case <laughs> <laughs> amazing it was, it was Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, we took the kids to see it in Edinburgh last year <coughs> because we're obsessed with weird foods. I'm going to make you try one of my okay. cookies. Excellent. I hope they're nice, but they look a bit burnt. Yeah, they, they, they look delicious to me. Okay, they smell nice. Well, I've got a cookie in my beard. Mm. They are a bit burnt. They're a little bit burnt. But so, they're nice. I have to do them for a third, a third person and they'll get the best ones. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, they're all right, aren't they? They're nice. They're vegan. Can you tell? I wouldn't have been able to tell, but now you told me I'm going to feel disappointed so they're not about as good. Yeah. I know, well, that's why I didn't say it before. I'm so used to people... I'm so used to people going, oh, well... It has chocolate annoying. vegan? I suppose dark chocolate hasn't got any dairy in it. Mm. Well, do you know what? I actually made these because... Um, I still have some really posh dark chocolate, which happened to be vegan, from an Easter egg left over. And I thought I'd freeze that, smash it up and stick it in this. It's fine, isn't it? For I a think bit, nice. A little sugar boost on a... So it's got no butter in it? No butter in it. Eggs made of no. eggs in a cooker. It's got a tiny bit of oat milk, vegan marge... Oh yeah, marge. Brown sugar, white sugar, flour... Marge is often better yeah. My mother-in-law is amazing at baking. Yeah. She always cooks with she always bakes with Marge, so. Right, good to know. Is she like the Mary Berry of your family? Oh she is, but we try and constantly every year get to go on the bake off. But um She's that good. She's that good. She's amazing. Really? She's amazing, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Uh, which is probably where my husband gets it from. But um she swears all the time, so she wouldn't ever make it on air. I'm desperate for her to go on it. What's the point of them going to Channel 4 if they can't have swearers on Exactly. Little old ladies they swearing have. like sailors. <laughs> they should have. Like a late night triple X yeah. bake-off yeah. for the foul mouths. <laughs> We're basically in the Houses of Parliament right now indeed um, what places are there to eat round here oh, there's absolutely loads are there um, like within the buildings yeah because Jay Rayner wrote like a really horrible review of the strangers dining room oh, on Sunday well it's uh, I'm not surprised to hear that he said it's stank of cabbage and was really overpriced <laughs> and everything tasted of nothing that 
is a good assessment. I think the food yeah. has got better in my okay. time, though. So there's a number of different places to eat. The best place by far mm. is a place where you can only go if you're a member of Parliament. Right. And that is the members tea room. Right. Um, just because they do amazing ham, egg and chips and really good. And when I'm not eating carbs, which is frequent, they do amazing cheese and ham omelette. Oh, and it just nice. totally hits the spot, really buttery. It should be just for you, there's got to be some perks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's being the, the lords are allowed in there if they have been a member of parliament, right. not if they haven't. So, do you just need to have been an MP once? No, and we, then you're allowed in no, there for life? That stay only counts for lords. Yeah, the lords, yeah. Oh. I know, it's another one of those great... <laughs> great thing. Uh, you know in fairness let's in talk life. about this carb avoidance why are you doing that Um because I'm a dick I think it's uh, <laughs> the official answer that's what dick? my husband says every single time I mention it which according to him is one million times a day <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might have that because I'm not eating carbs and he's like I'm not eating carbs you've never mentioned that Jess <laughs> um, I have been uh, on a diet all my life oh my form or another um, pretty much all my life actually mm. um I'd like to punch very hard in the face anyone who says, well, you just eat less and exercise more. It's like saying, don't smoke. Yeah. Yeah, just give up heroin. Oh, I had Jesus say to me once, I love this script, I want to make it. Can you just go away and come back more successful? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, have you just happened to get more famous? <laughs> yeah, cool. That's tangible. <laughs> Cheers, mate. But it is that same thing. Like, can you just eat a bit less and do a bit more? <laughs> Yes, that hasn't been the aim. Yeah. My 30 whatever years. I know, it's just that, oh really? You think about, you think if I eat less and exercise more, I'll be thinner? <laughs> oh, you're a genius. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that is very annoying. But I find that if I don't eat carbs, it is just the simplest way without having to counter load yeah. stuff where I just eat less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's just less options. Less so options, but also options. You're t- I think the theory is meant to be that you're fuller, aren't you? Because yeah. you're having a load of protein. But yeah. I gave up carbs once. I've said it before on this podcast. I did a fortnight of completely no carbs and I got into a terrible road rage incident where I threatened I've tried to get into a violent encounter with a car full of large men because they'd bibbed me for not going through a red light. And as they began, thankfully, just laughing at me, I thought, you silly, silly. You need a baguette. Yeah, get a baguette. You need a baguette. (laughs) He's like, well, I just thought, I'm never giving up carbs again. But I I almost exclusively uh, don't eat carbs really anymore, but... I do it like twice a week. <laughs> so you I do have, it five two. I have a day on no carbs. I five yeah. two, but on no carbs. But I have a day. I also do five two at the same time, so I intermittently fast oh, two really? days a week okay. as well. Because that's just another way of not so having to count it. I'm really interested. I agree. I think I've always found that anything that involves counting or you just get obsessed with it and it becomes just miserable. But yeah. um, with fasting, is there are there stuff like that you won't do on fast days? Like if you've got a massive important meeting or. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Something really. I find it gives me really, really real energy. But yeah, yeah. I won't. I tend to fast on Mondays and Wednesdays because right. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. And boring anyway. Slightly more predictable like, day. Yeah, that's Stay it. Still. It's a predictable day, and you're you don't have time to eat a lot of the time, mm. so you don't even notice. And I so I eat at the end of the day, 
Um, so I'll fast for 24 hours. So I'll have my dinner at 7 o'clock at night and then I'll right. have my dinner again at 7 o'clock at night. But I don't even drink tea or anything. <gasps> water, Hence tell me about water. Yeah, Bovril. Yeah, clear liquids. It gives you, I've found, I've done it briefly, but what I do is on the days I'm allowed what I want, have so much. Yeah. Jess. Yeah. I undo yeah. the work of the fast days. That, uh, that was initially my problem, which is why the carbs thing. <laughs> I love how complicated we can make our lives. Oh, um, but um, I would find on a perkier note for it that at some point in the afternoon I'd feel really sharp brained. Oh, and totally. Really sparky. And I did that one, that ridiculous light of life diet once. Oh, just yes. no. Will you pay someone to give you some dust to eat and <laughs> nothing else? Dust. Oh! It was just dust that said shepherd's pie on the packet, but it wasn't shepherd's pie. It wasn't. It was um, brown dust. It was awful, that was. Oh, uh, oh, but I did lose absolute shed loads of weight oh, oh, because I, did, I starved myself. Yeah. I tell you what, right, you know, like, um, <laughs> what's that film? where they take a pill and it makes them amazing, source code oh, or one yeah, of those yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah, that was what I that was remember. like. If you right. starve yourself, essentially... Oh yeah, you, you will get thinner. I yeah. was literally like, I could have done like the maths in Good Will Hunting. I was like, <laughs> totally amazing. My brain was so... <laughs> you starved yourself into the rain man. Um, exactly. <laughs> I was like acute to everything. I feel like I need to make it really clear that it is not advisable <laughs> to starve yourself just for a half hour of feeling clever. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, please don't do that. Because what it is, what what's doing that, it's your brain going into crisis mode. It is. Yeah. If we were still like cave people and um, you hadn't eaten for that long, your brain goes, right, we're going to take everything, sure. all resources left because yeah. you need to hunt something or find something and get it. So actually, it's not, it's not necessarily ideal. I know to be doing. I, mean, that. I was like, I was changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the job you've chosen. If you are an MP that takes on incredible causes, <laughs> Jess, then you probably can do some quite great things with your hour of genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's less helpful if you're in any other job. Anyone other than an MP listening to this, do please not. don't starve yourself. MPs. Suck it. <laughs> 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 the dust. I feel like it's quite symptomatic of women generally, and increasingly men, but like of every generation around now, apart from maybe women in their late 80s and older, but even them, some of them, that this lifestyle of just constantly being on a diet is never going nowhere. There's a big movement that's bigger in America that I'm so excited by and sort of creeping my way towards of like just trying to completely let all of that go like completely get rid of the whole concept of diets and instead get to a place where you're trying to become aware of what your body feels like when you eat you're allowed whatever but you kind of go well I just had a cookie so I'll probably feel quite giddy for a bit and I feel a bit shit an hour later or whatever like just trying to work out when you're hungry when you're really hungry whatever and not leaving it ages between Eat it anyway. It's complicated. The board, but I just don't think that it, uh, I could do that because I have a bad relationship with food. Probably because I've been on a diet my whole life. Yeah. In that, I but you can make, you can improve any bad relationship. I would like to think so. You can. You, I, that's not a word. You can. <laughs> you can and you could. 
You can't. Um, <laughs> I either massively overeat or I totally starve myself. It's not a healthy way to live your life. And I don't, really don't like as well those people who just say, well, I eat absolutely loads and oh, look no. at me. Because they do not eat two tubs of ice cream and a whole multi pack of crisps in an evening. No. They do not eat a whole packet of biscuits as if it's a bag of crisps. No. Whereas I do, do. I can just breathe the packet in if I'm in the right mood. Yeah. And I think if you go to McDonald's, for example, you yeah. have to have a full meal and a double cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. McDonald's does not fill the it's gap no, at all. No, McDonald's isn't filling. I read an article back in April, um, this is bleak, right, based on a report that children in poor areas are coming to school grey and filling their pockets with the food that they can get at school, mm-hmm. showing obvious, obvious signs of hunger. Is that, so I've got loads of questions, I just want to tap into your expertise and experience really in this, like, food poverty generally, is that something you've experienced in your time as a campaigner or as an MP? Every single day. Every day? Every single day. So it's getting worse? Uh, Well, yeah, it's certainly getting worse in my office, so if I look at the rates even just, we are a referral agent for the Trussell Trust for food banks. Um, and the number of cases that we are seeing has dramatically increased. Certainly since the dawn of Universal Credit, um, that has caused people to be in real crisis. So yes, I see food poverty all the time. Um, We have little kids that come in and they have obviously learned the mantra, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of that we haven't got any food, you know, it's just because mummy won't get paid next week or yeah. daddy hasn't been paid yet. And that is, it's harrowing. And the hunger, when you're, especially if you're a parent, mm. I think that I'm, I could take almost anything from my children. I cannot bear it when they don't eat. There's something primal yeah. in that desire to feed them. Yeah, just when they were little and they wouldn't, I couldn't get them to eat a full, what I consider to be a full meal in some crazed world that I lived in. And my mum used to say, oh, they won't starve themselves. I'm like, yeah, anyway, I want them to eat this. Yeah. Um, I used to find that incredibly intolerable. Mm. And now they eat more than... I can afford to <laughs> um, but when you see children who are hungry that it's like you've been up a bit of actual empathy in my stomach the pain of hunger yeah. and it is harrowing that people can't even afford the basics can't even afford like a bag of pasta it's and so painful on so many levels isn't it that you've got this that it's painful on the basic physical, it's as awful to see it shouldn't be happening. But again, that thing when you even stop to think what that's going to be like for the parents knowing yeah, that they've got no choice them. to be doing that. Uh, the One of the worst things that we see, which again, I see every single week, week in, week out, is uh, families made homeless by whatever, whether it's universal credit, whether it's um, problem landlords, whether it's just that something happened to their house and they were made homeless. Um, they're moved into hotel accommodation or bed and breakfast accommodation, certainly not the Ritz. And the single thing that they complain about, so at the moment I've got two families, one family of seven, so five kids, two adults, one family of six, both living in one room. And they don't complain about the fact that they're all living in one room. The single thing that upsets them the most is that they have no cooking facilities. So they cannot cook for their families and you cannot eat cheaply if you are poor. I haven't got a microwave. You cannot eat cheaply if you are poor 
when and they're often in like service stations we have people on sort of over 25 services and people sent to all manner of frankly services in the west midlands we've got families living there and traveling miles to get their kids to school so they can go what to like welcome break and yeah. the most expensive, expensive place to buy food just getting a four pound cold ginsters exactly that is what they're living on both the families i was talking about they're both um muslim and so during ramadan like the sort of horror of the fact that they wouldn't be able to um even have that their basic sort of faith needs met yeah and that they wouldn't be able to do this very special thing and yeah, anyone who grew up a certain time yeah, yeah anyone who grew up in a place that has a, a yeah. big muslim community will know that an iftar to eat iftar together is yeah. an enormously pleasurable thing yeah and the fact that they couldn't do this um so in my office salma who works in my office created a rotor so that every single one of us had a day and we would drive over to the service station and take them oh. so my dad cooked some food oh. hilariously though they got really picky they were like well the kids don't like spice because we were all thinking oh we'll make them last like, nice indian food yeah, and yeah. Stuff. they were like well the kids don't like spice and obviously they don't eat pork yeah. and also unless you're going to go to the halal butcher so it was like i think everybody just made fish pie <laughs> It's my night of all the Say scrum-diddly-umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum-diddly-umptious. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. The idea to the people in my office that during that time, like at Christmas, it would be exactly the same. If there were were even Muslim families there at Christmas, my office would be like, right, okay, this is about eating. This is a community is about eating to us and sharing food yeah. and the thought that they couldn't do that because of the it's state too much to well it's what so, I was going to say as well so this is because of benefit cuts yeah a lot of the time it's because of benefit cuts hunger a lot of the time it's because of benefit cuts and benefit changes that don't take account for people's lives so it might be that they end up pretty much with the same amount of benefit in the long run but when they transition 
people fall through the cracks yeah. because I think the people who design the system think that everybody's got a couple of hundred quid at least in their bank. I mean, yeah. ridiculous. Well, if that was true, then we wouldn't have seen the rise of Wonga and the like. We'd exactly. Been rinsing people for exactly that. Have this 200 quid yeah. and slowly pay me back three grand yeah. if the course works here. Absolutely. But, I mean, you see, you see people in debt all the time. And people, unfortunately, end up homeless because of hunger. Because if you are a single mom, you've got three or four kids, or even one or two kids, yeah. and you've got to decide, you've got this bit of money for these se- seven weeks. Yeah, you spend so it on food, not You spend rent. it on food, yeah. you don't pay your landlord, yeah. you end up in arrears. Once you're in arrears, you can't move, you yeah. can't... You can't get it back, so you're then getting evicted, yeah. and you'll never get that seven weeks back. So the margin of poverty exists in in just what you can tolerate, and if you can't tolerate so six weeks, like most ordinary people in work, you and I would be able to, if I didn't get paid for six weeks, I may not be buggered, yeah. but I wouldn't be evicted. Yeah. However... It's a massive vicious cycle yeah. that as soon as you're in arrears, you're a pariah to the system mm. and you can't ever get back. So I meet women all the time, especially single moms um, or victims of domestic abuse who who prioritise feeding their families over paying their rent or their council tax. Yeah, and like women. human beings. Yeah, like human beings, because you would. What can we do other than obviously like give to food banks Vote for people that might change this. Yeah. I mean, those two whacking great practical obvious things. Is there anything else? I mean, apart from me, obviously give to food banks because for some, yeah. for so many people, that's a lot all of there is. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the end, right? That's the big society. That's not the solution. It has to come. Well, we have to change the rhetoric about yeah. welfare. I mean, it shouldn't be called welfare, it should be called social security. And we have yeah. to recognise that we all have relied on it at some point or another. Yeah. No matter how rich we are, we all receive social security, whether that's through pensions, um, whether it's through uh, you know child benefit, which used to be universal. There isn't really an adult today who didn't benefit from a welfare state. Because even the richest people got family allowance. We have to change the idea that it is somebody taking something from the system and think that it's it's something for all of us. People don't talk about not liking benefits. People, it's not sort of common parlance. What people say is, well, uh, next door, she doesn't work and she's got a nicer house and a nicer car than me. Why should I go to work? Mm. To which I always say, if it's that easy, why don't you do it? Yeah. If she's not going to work, just give up your job. You'll find very quickly that... What you think what is you going on is that is situation is not. Different. Yeah. Um, would you swap places? Is what my mum always used to say when I got angry with my mm. brothers. Would Would you want to be them? Stop feeling like they're getting something that you're not because you have a better life. You are You are considerably better off if you don't have to rely on benefits. Yeah. Um, so we have to challenge it where we hear it, and it presents itself in all sorts of different ways. But also, we have we have got to come up with ways of getting people I think there's quite a lot of innovative ways about teaching people to cook and things that is cheaper yeah. and all of that sort of stuff there because, are some people trying to go that way aren't there there's Jackman yeah there, Jackman does a lot of that pound great. meal for a pound yeah. Yeah. and I was thinking about my husband yesterday he made loads of rice and peas and Spatch got three chickens and smoked them and the whole yeah. thing fed like 19 people and it cost amazing. 20 quid and I was like amazing. that that is amazing yeah. but 
you know, for lots of people, that's never also, going to be yeah. the case. To do that, you need to be cooking on mass yeah. generally. Yeah. You need also the skills you need not to live. Yeah. On the M25 yeah. services. Yeah. You need not to be relying on a ginster. I've stayed in plenty of an I, uh, services yeah. items in my time on the road as a <laughs> And even one night there when you're there because you, it's not because that's your home now. It's one of the bleakest. That pot noodle bleak. that night. It's one of the most. I remember saddest things you on the way. I went to, we took my son. Seems odd because it was his birthday's on uh, Halloween, so it would have been freezing. We took him to Blackpool for his birthday. Cool. And uh, on the way, we were only there one night, staying in like a sort of B&B, um, with two families all like crushed in together. And the food I ate was exclusively beige. And on the way home, we actually stopped at like an actual farm shop and just ate some broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get scurvy because I'm, <laughs> everything I've eaten is deep fried. I have a similar experience of most trips I've ever taken to America. Yeah. It's just like, are there any vegetables? Has anyone got any vegetables? Yeah. You just body just screaming at you for something green. So, yeah, that, but we have got, we've got to change the way we feel about people who are on benefits. And yeah, vote for people. Also, I think that if the Windrush scandal has taught us anything, telling the story of these people who are, for example, living in bed and breakfasts, telling the story of children in school. It does help. It makes people feel... Making people uh, heard. Yeah, yeah. And, and telling the real, true stories of people that you could know, you could easily know all of these people. Yeah. That, that, that will change things. So I think it's the Huffington Place have moved to uh, Birmingham this week, and one of the major things they're doing is talking to people who live in temporary accommodation, because Birmingham has the worst homelessness in the city, in the country. Really? Yeah. So uh, telling those people stories yeah. is always really important. Super important. Mm, I'm in my time. Five second rule, <laughs> yes or no? Oh, five hour. Five hour. I've eaten sweets from down the side of the sofa that could have been there since I bought the sofa in like 2007. I feel nothing but love for <laughs> Have you ever eaten anything for a dare? Oh, when we were kids, we used to like do that thing where you blindfold. See, a two brothers. Yeah, I've got mm. three brothers. Three brothers. So they blindfold you and you just eat random things out of the cupboard. What? Yeah, so you had to sit there and you had to eat whatever it was. It was always food at least. It was always food at least. There was no like feces or anything. Oh. But it was, I remember, this was long before, I think maybe it was, you know, everybody went to Thailand uh, <laughs> and um, everybody put then put fish sauce in literally everything that they ever cooked. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, long before that was a thing I think my mum and dad from some Chinese supermarket had uh, like a thing this was in like 1987 uh, had a thing of fish sauce in the uh, in the cupboard that had probably been there since 1981 oh. and uh, my brothers fed me a massive teaspoon of that and that is the worst thing I've ever eaten it's shocking <laughs> shockingly bad like early noon so yeah, I've eaten loads of I mean, it was there. probably just someone in Grimsby's <laughs> liquidised a fish, wasn't it? Oh, oh it was so awful. Wow. But I've eaten That's quite a lot of stuff as a dare. I am willing to be dared to eat things like bugs and things I've eaten, bugs and in foreign countries and things. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm not fussed. I like crickets and things like that. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I've eaten a cricket. A cricket? Uh, yeah, was it alive? Have you ever eaten no. a cricket? No. Still alive? Uh, oysters, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Um, Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> 
like him? Oh, I love oh, him. I love them. Is this like eating the sea? Apparently, I'm reading a book at the moment called The Ethical Carnivore. It's good to eat oysters for the planet. Oh, there you go. Well, because they're it. not, yeah, they're, they're, um, where their habitats are, it makes it much, much better for all the fish around. You get much better fish life around them. But they're, so when they use a thing, uh, to sweep up more greedily sweep up and they dig up all the seabed they're yeah. trawling but not like in little pots where they're, they're special horrible evil ships that like scrape up all the bottom of the seabed um, it's just destroyed the habitats of where mussels would be growing so there's lots of places including lots of places in Essex where they're re-homing <laughs> and starting to so yeah Imagine. let's go and eat some oysters in Essex excellent I will um, but yeah what was a cricket like to eat? just tasted like crisps it's just a <laughs> It was just crunchy. Did it not taste like an animal at all? No. Just crisps. Well, it had like a just dust fun. on it. And I was discovered I loved it. Light of life. It was like, um, like it like had like barbecue dust on it, so it just tasted like, like barbecue. Uh, it tasted like whatever it had been spiced yeah, with, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've eaten horse, I've eaten... Was horse nice? Just I think I probably had it as a kid in France, but I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was fine. I've eaten frog's legs, I've eaten snails. I've I like frog's legs. Yeah, I like frog's legs. I like snails, they just taste like garlic butter. Because that's what yeah, it tastes like mussels. Yeah, yeah, it tastes like it's been stuffed in. <laughs> to be honest, it does taste bits like bogeys. Yeah, I yeah, I don't mind that because I like mussels. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I eat pretty much anything. The only thing I don't eat is sweet corn. Unless it's in a samosa because then it just tastes like spice. Yeah. I mean, at a push, if it's in a spring roll, I might tolerate it, but I'm not happy. Well, I do remember this, actually, because when I was checking if there's anything that you ate, so I didn't bring you that to yeah. eat. And I remember the sweet corn from that. Yeah. <laughs> sweet corn. That's it's a very distinct flavour, isn't it? Oh, I just really hate it. And what I really hate is that whenever you say, I don't eat sweet corn, people automatically assume that you mean you don't eat sweet corn from a can. And then they're like, except corn on the cob. I'm like, that is literally unadulterated sweet corn. That is- of course I don't eat corn on the cob. I hate it. And my family love it so much. And because my husband loves to cook outdoors and barbecue, we eat sweet corn every single day. Oh, and God. So my children so constantly love it. Love it. Yes, they oh. absolutely love it. I absolutely again, I feel like I've been the torturer because my boy, my kid does not like tomatoes, doesn't like tomatoes. And I grew some tomatoes and was like, these are the best tomatoes I've ever tasted. Please try one. And he was like, I, I don't like tomatoes. And I was like, but this, this is, is the best. And he ate it was like, <laughs> and I like got it down and went, that was the most tomatoey tasting tomato in the world. <laughs> and it's, why would you think that someone wants the essence, essence. the pure essence yeah. source of the thing? They've already told and you they, they don't like. Because I don't have a call on the cob. I'm sorry. I hate it. <laughs> that is the only thing. I also used to say that I didn't like peas because I don't like the way, like, you know, when I was a kid, my mum just put peas on the side of the plate. Like, Every single day, and I just don't like peas on the side of my plate. Again, I'll take them in a samosa. And so my husband once made me a four-course meal with literally exclusively of peas to prove that I did really like peas. It was like pea velouté, and then like a a goat's cheese and pea omelette, and then pea fritters and something. And even the pudding had peas in it, and it was all uh, totally delicious. So now I'm not allowed to say that I don't like peas because apparently I really like peas. Oh, he made his point there, didn't he? Perfect. Um, I think if he's going to go to that effort, I'm really glad he succeeded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you into cooking? It must be hard to be into cooking when it you is. live with someone who's it is quite and you're as busy as you Yeah, are. it is quite hard, but I really, 
I love it. I love to cook. Okay. I really love it. I find it really relaxing to cook because I like a job with an end. Yeah. But I'm not good at it, I wouldn't have said. I'm really good at making the things that... What's uh, your life? I'm really good at making a roast dinner. Great. Because my mum only ever used to cook. My dad did all the cooking when I was a kid. And Me too. And so my mum only ever cooked on a Sunday. Right. And so I used to sit and do all the cooking with my mum as something nice to do so I can cook a roast dinner. I'm really good at making potato dough from Mars. Nice. Yeah, so that, that is one of my specialties. Potato dough from Mars is like thinly sliced potatoes in a cream, cream. in a bake. Well, you've got to... The, the, is it cheese? The, the, well, you can put cheese on, but I don't. I put butter on the top so it goes all crunchy. Mm. Uh, but you've got to put loads of salt and pepper on every layer, otherwise it's bland. So I'll make a lot of that, um, and I'm really good at making that, this one particular beef noodle. So that is it, Ooh. really. I'm not... I, I eat a lot of stuff out of packets if I have to cook, so they're just having a month on fences near our house, so I'll just go and buy, buy some ridiculously expensive ready-made food from Marks and Spencer's. Um, oh, that their ten pound deal is <laughs> thing of joy. Indeed, thing of so really that joy. is what we eat if I'm cooking. But yeah, it is it is actually really really hard to be good at cooking. Yeah, or to do any cooking when you know he would just totally shit all over you. <laughs> <laughs> it's competitive. It's human nature to be competitive. And also, why do it when somebody else is going to do it for you? And he does it yeah. so well. Do you know what? I didn't even mean the M&S £10 meal deal. I meant the Tesco's one. Are you aware of that? Oh, do you have a Tesco near me? Yeah, have two massive main courses, two sides, two puddings and a bottle of wine for a tenner. That is good. That is a good deal. It's really good But we, deal. Don't, we don't have a Tesco. We've got it's worth travelling, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I love Asda. I live in Lewisham and we've just got an Asda and it's awesome it's I feel like I've got all the benefits of an Audi or a Lidl yeah. because it's like 50p for a bag of rockets it's, like it's really cheap too. but also it's got everything oh, it's like got you're everything following a recipe yes and our Asda in my constituency I'm not joking it looks like the Louvre <laughs> <laughs> you could mistake yourself for being at the Louvre in Paris when you're at the Asda or the Small Heath Highway I mean the surroundings are nothing like Paris I'm going to be honest but it's it's basically a pyramid of glass. It's amazing. Wow! Amazing. Look it up. Small heat house there. Look it up. You'll be like, my God, that looks like the Louvre. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to put a picture of small heat house on this podcast instead of a picture of food. Small heat house It's a thing of beauty. It's like, you mate, you've described it like Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look that. All that like glass. Yes. Yeah, that's what the small heat house is like until you get inside and it's less like the Louvre then. <laughs> My house is just, it's where I live, it's so gloriously diverse. It's literally, it's got everything. Oh, from any recipe. They've got two full international lives. Well, they have done a really good thing about marking the area where it is. Yeah. And selling, so the small piece Asda is in an area that is 90% Pakistani and Bangladeshi. Right. So, I yeah. mean, here in London, maybe I'll have to go to your Lewisham Asda. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... I can't get coriander at the corner shop for love nor money, whereas where I live, yeah. I mean, I've got coriander coming out my ears. Yeah, you can even find like stuff which I, I, think I just assume is quite obscure. I've got amphur, this like ground mango dust. Yeah, I mean, they, hello. The International Isles in Asda, I like the, like, like the American section where you buy like Lucky Charms. Yeah, just some butter feet. Yeah. Just some butter oh, It's just a crappy bit, isn't it? It's just like the big, weak link in an otherwise amazing couple of aisles. It's, it's just, just crap. It's like amazing Polish sausages and cheese and amazing cabanas and then you get to like 
pretzels covered in chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it is so shit. Some like dusty Hershey's. Yeah, well, apart from Reese's Pieces, I think that's the Reese. finest piece of confectionery so far. Reese, uh, I like the, yeah, the Reese's, mm. um, the mm. cup one. Yeah, with peanut butter. Yeah, with the peanut butter. But me and my kids did a thing that we saw on YouTube where oh. we like got scalpels <gasps> and like we cut them open and then we stuffed them with other things so that when people bit into them they were different. And <gasps> when they did it on the internet, like Oreos and the cream from Oreo and all this other things, it was very American. When they did it on the internet, it looked really neat. <laughs> Nobody would have been fooled by ours. They would have been like, Who's taken a rusty scalpel <laughs> <laughs> to my delicious, to my already really nice and now less nice <laughs> treat? <laughs> I really like those Reese's though. I'm going to ask you a very strange question from one of my listeners. Okay. He's called Dowie Reese. I've said it in a while. You're, just accent. you're assuming. I'm as just well. assuming as Welsh. What's the sexiest looking food you've ever eaten? Oh, I think food is quite sexy. Yeah. Um, I like anything that you sort of have to use your hands. Anything yeah. with a ritual. So I really like drinking tequila. Not because I like the taste of tequila. It's because I like the ritual yeah. of uh, drinking tequila. It's also, you wouldn't be doing that on your own. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's part of a fun time. Exactly. If you're doing something, you're squeezing limes and lemons and salt Exactly. Around, so I like food that company. is... Um, I like food that is like lots of plates that you share and things. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite a big fan of like any sort of charcuterie nice. and sharing that sort of thing. So I think that that is sort of like meat. This is my husband is obsessed with meat as well. But my husband is really terrible at sharing food. So like tapas. He's <laughs> like Jerry in Friends. There was an episode where he dumps a really beautiful woman because she eats some of his chips. Like he cannot he cannot abide a tapas a tapas restaurant. Like an original tapas one where you yeah. sit on the bar and you have bits, that is fine. But where you order things and you like, oh, let's all just have a little bit of everyone else's, he is like, no. Uh-huh. I, just, I ordered this. If I'd wanted what you ordered, I would have ordered that. But I didn't order that, so I'm going to eat these chicken livers and sherry. Um, <laughs> or to myself. So we don't have very many sexy evenings. No. <laughs> I've been married for 14 years, so I didn't remember anything before him. Um, I'm so, I think that was such a good answer because I'm so immature that when I read the question, like, what's the sexiest looking food you've ever seen? You just think, a banana with two kiwis? <laughs> like, what else are you meant to say? Cock and ball. Yes, it looks like a cock and ball. Yeah, like a flake. Like a woman in the other. <laughs> oh, God. Caramel Bunny was quite sexy yeah. as well. That was, yeah, that was sexy looking food. Have you ever given food as a present? Uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, like all the some time. Some sweets or some chocolates or... Yeah, no, but also like we'll make food. Uh, whenever any one of my friends has a baby, yes, uh, we have a tradition where we all, where I would always make like a Malaysian curry for them. That's, That's another thing that I can make. And then we leave it around the house. And when my mum and dad, my friends all left me a Lebanese take on the doorstep. It was like the best thing that ever happened. And every day there would be like a new casserole on the door. So I think that actually giving food, especially when life events happen, is the is the greatest thing you can do. Um, So me and all my friends and family. That is the, uh, I love cooking the thing. We've just had a baby. Oh, it's the baby. You know, I've never even thought about helping out someone who's grieving. That, yeah. Like, 
Of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 11, eight, I mean, also, yeah. like, if you can't be asked to eat, so I say to my husband when I'm feeling, like, either sad or sick, yeah. so you have to get me something that I cannot refuse, like, something yeah, that's yeah. so delicious. And you, nobody, no matter how sad, and, you know, I really love my mum, but a shawarma, <laughs> not going to turn a shawarma down. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. Yeah, a shawarma with some pickled even in the. Oh my god! Oh, I'm right oh. there. Just five um, minutes yeah, were distracted from my could, terrifying grief. I could, I could be dying, and I would yeah. still eat that. I could be in a car crash, and they could come up to me, and I'd be like, "I'm definitely going to eat." I'll manage this before yeah. I go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that. I think giving food as a gift is one of the best things you can do. It so is. I really like making lasagnas in like takeaway, like this, yeah. for people that have just had babies. And um, what else does that make me think of? Oh, when I just had my son, lots of people bought us around cakes, and it was really lovely yeah. and baked stuff. But um, it was really interesting what the friends that also had kids already yeah. bought us because it was just that little extra thing. Like one friend bought chocolates, but they're all full of real booze. <laughs> and she bought me loads of like like five little one person prosecco yeah. bottles. Yeah. And she was like, "Because when I had my daughter, everyone bought around whole bottles, and I didn't even get to have half of them." The boyfriend had like, she was like, "So these are just for you, yeah. okay?" Like, yeah. um, and another my cousin bought me around like M and M and S crispy duck pancakes. Mm. Man, that was good. Exactly. So that things you remember. Sort of, also, when you grow up in a community like the one I live in, the idea of takeaway boxes to like turn up at your house every single night. Yeah. So it is. I mean, there is always some pakora in the corner of my kitchen that has been brought round to my house. And um, Yeah, because that idea and of sharing it, yeah. food is really. I and mean, where I live as well, there it's like eight houses that are all the same family so they're running up and down the road giving food to each other at dinner time so that only one person has to cook and they're passing so they drop in like wow. and samosa and, and during ramadan we have like dinner and ramadan dinner and so i just put on like a three stone <laughs> during ramadan i don't do any of the fasting i just do all of the second <laughs> yes and, uh, one year oh, i'm actually going yes. to fast so that I can feel justified in eating an in, a quality street tin worth of biryani at 20 past nine. I love it. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you one last question very quickly. Um, so it's a ridiculous question. It's like sort of desert island dinners. Okay. Everyone gets their own ridiculous scenario. Okay. But ultimately, it's like, what would your dream meal be? But it, here is your specific scenario. It's election day. And it turns out you can win it Labour's way. But the only way it can happen, don't ask, democracy democracy is in a constant state of modernisation is by going to a hellish adult nursery rhyme rave Jess <laughs> where you have to do all the actions to wind the bobbin up and head shoulders knees and toes she's doing it now <laughs> uh, but to a massive techno torture music and it goes on in a karaoke booth which is also a time capsule so actually you're there for a solid day and night even though to the outside it seems like you've only been in there for an hour <laughs> you did it you're a hero Labour win and all because of you. Humankind is saved. You're knackered though, obviously. Mm-hmm. Very sweaty. You've done the work. You're whacked. But you're allowed to like, have a shower and get changed or whatever. But then that, the hunger of the after exercise kicks in. You're allowed whatever you want. I want to know. It doesn't even have to be. You can make it up. <laughs> it doesn't have to be sensible or go together. It can be. This is the thing of dreams. I just want to know what you're eating. What you're drinking. Who with. 
and where? Okay, I would be with my six girlfriends and their partners, Lovely. including my husband. They're all friends, yeah. and they're all friends in a sort of 1950s Love it. manner. Um, and I, I would probably, my absolute comfort food is my husband's um, fish curry, going mm. fish curry, that he makes. Um, Luckily, he hasn't perfected it yet. So he he hasn't. Get it, okay. He has. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be quite wrong a couple of times, and I was relieved. Um, you sabotage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's such a shovel over again. Over again at the wrong point. <laughs> um, I would eat that, and uh, my dad's uh, lemon dal. My dad mm. makes, which just reminds me of being a kid, um, because it was cheap food that. Wasn't mince with BSE in, which was the other thing that we exclusively ate when I was a child. Um, so I would have those two things, and oh, they would go quite nicely That'd together. Be lovely, um, and I would, I would drink gin, just gin. gin. You got a favourite gin. gin? I mean, there's just too many these days. So many. There's one called. Oh, fear! If you try, I've tried that. It's really nice with the, like an elephant yes. tie, yeah, and it's yeah. got like yeah, it's yeah. got spices in it basically, a lot that of pink nice. pepper. Mm. So I would drink gin with yeah. my girlfriends nice. and their partners, and sit around in my garden. Your garden, in my garden, Brilliant. yeah. That is what I do. Heaven. That is my happiness. What a magic woman. Thank you so much to Jess Phillips for sharing some seriously crispy charred cookies with me. But on the upside, at least they weren't perfect. So I probably will actually make them again. I've read her book, Every Woman, and it's funny and moving in equal measure. You should get it. Also, I know Jess has got a proper very serious job. But incidentally, politics aside, she is funny AF on Twitter. She's on all the socials as at Jess Phillips. Also follow this podcast. It's on Twitter and Insta at The Hoovering Pod. And it's not all just begging and gloating. There's funny stuff on there too. Please rate, review and subscribe and follow me as well. I'm at Jessica Fosterkew. I love hearing from you, please. Tweet or email through my website, jessicafosterkew.com. That always makes my day a bit, you know. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.